Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. first part of this series was in Matthew, I think, 22, where he talks about the invitation going out. And he's inviting people to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Amen? And the church people were too busy, preoccupied, just got married, had too much going on, too busy with work. So he then says, okay, there's going to be an outpouring of my spirit. Now go out and invite the people no one thought would be in heaven. That's where we are right now. That's where, actually, where we are right now with this revival that's going on, and it's mainly a lot of people who are already saved coming back to God, that's God sending out that invitation. Amen? Now, if those people really find uh, a place to go and fellowship with other like-minded believers and grow in the Lord, then they accepted that invitation. If they just got stirred up and went up for five minutes and walked away, then, then they said no to the invitation. Amen? But he's sending out the invitation, isn't he? Everywhere people are preaching and people are coming under tents, the whole thing, the wedding invitation is being sent out. Amen? But there's going to come a place where God says, we haven't filled it up. Now let's go the highways and byways. Amen? We want to be one of the churches that... Let's be believing for God to raise up some powerful evangelists, apostolic evangelists, who will go to places other people won't go. Amen? I'm, I'm not one of them. If he makes me one of them, he has to do that. Amen. Because, I mean, I talk to people, I'm nice and everything. But if they look real scary, I'm not going to go talk to them. I may go and try to cast a demon out of them if they start walking towards me. But I'm not going to go out of my way to, unless I bind that thing up and all. And I will if the Lord shows me. Amen. But just randomly going out there doing that, I'm just being honest. That's not something I do that much. Margaret used to, but I don't. Amen. And, but I'm asking God to send people who will do that. Amen. Send people who will go the highways and the byways and really, really stir hearts of people and invite them in. Not into being enabled. That's why God has this right now getting people free from deception and being enablers. Amen. We have to be whole in Christ before we can even go out there and not just make a mess of things. Amen. So after that scripture we talked about, then remember the next one, then the Lord turned the whole conversation over and rebuke the Pharisees, the church leaders, the, the supposedly Christian politicians, and said woe to them because they were, not, they were making people follow them and their rules and it had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They're making our nation, laws for our nation that have nothing to do with biblical principles that our nation is supposed to be set up on. Amen? And then it's the whole thing about watch out, they're going to get theirs. Amen? And so then after that, we got to, I think, where we are tonight. That went a little deeper. I mean, you have to go back and hear the whole teaching. So tonight we are on, um, tonight we're on Matthew 23 was all about these fancy people living it up high on the hog, 
killing the real prophets, coming against the real move of God and, and thinking they're going to get by with it. And the Lord says, woe to you, which means a curse is coming on you. So that's what's going on in the heavenly realm. Matthew 24, 1. And going out, Jesus left the temple. And his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And I loved, I heard somebody talking about this the other day. Um, I don't remember what teacher but it was almost like somebody going right now down to Washington, D.C. or something and saying, wow, look at all these, look at all these wonderful buildings and these museums and look at all this stuff about our history. And they're bragging that basically nothing can happen to them because look, look what they have. Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly, I say to you, there will not at all be left one stone on a stone, which in no way will not be thrown down. And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us. It's almost like he just burst their bubble. No matter what, God's always going to bless us. No matter what, our temple's going to stand. No matter what, our society is going to be here. And if you follow scripture with this, Jesus weeps when he realizes they missed their day of visitation. We need to pray that as God gives us his day of visitation, which I believe is starting to pour out now, that we don't miss it, our family doesn't miss it, our children don't miss it. We need to get very serious in our prayer time and very specific in our prayer time to pray that our nation does not miss this hour of visitation that's coming. Amen? Because what the Lord does has a lot to do with what the people respond to. Amen? And so Jesus is now, now think of this, these are his good friends, right? I mean, here he is with these closest friends, these people he's lived with for oh, almost three years, hung out nonstop, taught them all the time. It would have been so cool. Just what we read in the Bible and the Holy Spirit gives revelation. It would, it's just so cool the way they all hung out and had a great time. Amen? I mean, sometimes just stop sometime and read it and think about, wow, being with Jesus and watching that, being a part of serving in that, being a part of doing what he did. Amazing, amazing relationship. Amen? Amazing closeness. And now he has to tell them, all this, your lifestyle is going to be totally flipped upside down. Everything you're trusting in is going to be uh, torn up. Why? Because the leaders... The Pharisees, they didn't receive the visitation. Overall, the Jewish people said no to God. So we need to be praying that the church does not say no to God. Amen? Because he's looking at the church. He's always looking at the church. He's always looking at the church. Amen? We needed to pray that the church does not say no to God, that the church quits serving idols, that the church quits being like the fallen world of Babylon that we're living in. Amen? And we need to pray that we aren't like the world. And it's real because of Holy Spirit in us. All right. Sometimes you got to stop though and think about him telling them this. And they were like his closest friends. So it says... It shook him up, right? It shook him up. Like, my, we were just having this great time and saying, look at all this, Lord. And then he comes out with, none of it's going to be left. It's all going to be destroyed. So how many know Jesus didn't do itchy ear preaching? How many know if he would let Israel be destroyed, he could let the USA be destroyed? 
So we need to get serious about prayer. We need to get serious about letting his spirit take over. We need to get serious that in the shaking, everything that can be shaking of the world and the Babylon spirit comes out of our lives. Amen? And that's good. All right. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, like, when is this going to happen? And basically at this point, they're asking about when's all this going to be destroyed? So they're looking for a now answer, right? But then they add in there thinking that because all this is going to be destroyed, he must be coming soon, right? Well, how many know it's been 2,000 years and he hasn't come yet? Okay, so quit thinking we know when this is all going to be over. Quit thinking we know because of what's happening if we're in the end, 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 end of the end times. Amen? Amen? Because Jesus answered their question, but he saw that they were coming from trying to put a conclusion to what they were going to go through that wasn't the timing of God. So they say, well, when these things happen, when is all this going to be destroyed? Then, then they say, and what is the sign of your coming? And what is the sign of the end of the age? So these are two completely unrelated questions, but they don't think so. Can I get an amen? And, and I, just, I say this so that we're not ever disappointed in... Uh, God knows when he's coming back, amen? The Father knows. He knows who's going to be saved. He knows when the world's been saved. He knows when the bride is ready. How many want to agree with him about when it's the best time to return? Amen? Amen? And how many have watched through history... God, it looks like he's coming any time, and he'll even say things to make them think that. Like at one point, they said, I forgot what they said, but they said, what's it to you if they'll be, if they'll be here when I come back? So they're, they're literally thinking, Jesus is going to come back in our lifetime. Like he's going to die, go up, hang out with the Father, but he's going to come back in our lifetime. How many know they were wrong? How many know that didn't make them false? How many know it just made them human beings, even filled with the Holy Spirit, trying to figure things out? Amen? So we got to quit throwing stones at each other. We got to kind of jump on this ride and recognize there are things we're not going to know until it happens. So he's kind of telling them two things here. So he says, um, Jesus answers them. And, and he first warns them, see that no one leads you astray. Make sure no one deceives you. And that's kind of what we've been talking about the last couple of Tuesday nights. And we're going to pick that back up when I get back in town next to, I'll be here next Tuesday. I'm only going for a few days. And, um, and so one of the things we prayed for it on Sunday, I was kind of hoping some people would be here tonight. I'm they're probably watching. I hope so. You've got to get this. I, even if I pray for you, I kind of explained it, but people don't always hear what I'm saying. The spirit there's, there's two spirits involved in entanglements, really probably just two, but you can have both of them. You could have just one of them, or you could have both of them, or if you're free, you don't have any of them, praise God, amen? One of the spirits, I call it a predator spirit. Remember the scripture just said about they're always wait, looking for prey. You want to get this out of you. It's a demon that you took on somewhere to take care of you. 
And it's going to operate within your intellectual capacity, within your financial capacity, within whatever gifts and talents God's given you for his glory. This thing's going to operate. And if it can get a good stronghold in your intellect, it, it can make you think it's helping you and you actually think it's you. And so some of the indicators that you might have a spirit to make you look for prey, so you're a predator, is you were the one who decided, I'm going to marry that person, or I'm going to get that person to go out with me, or that person's going to be my best friend, or that person, that pastor's going to like me the most, or that. You see, there's like this zoom. It's like this radar on target. Let me just say, I won't say names, but we had um, quite a few single women in here at one point at the Marian age, as they would say. And we, we were a small church, so we had an eligible bachelor come in, which we hadn't had in a while. My gosh, you should have heard some of the conversations behind the scene, how he, he's theirs, they're going to marry him. And, and let me tell you what, one of those people mainly involved with that, I'll be honest with you, has been married and married and married. They find somebody, I mean, something happens to the one there too, and they are married again within two years or a year because they got that thing. I hope they're listening, but I don't think they even go to church anymore. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Okay? Same thing. If you're competitive, it can make it worse. I'm going to beat everybody to this person. Or I could have him, but I don't want him. Oh, that's the superior pre predator. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Guys, it's the same thing. I've never been a guy, thank God. And I've never sat and heard y'all's conversations about this kind of stuff. I saw a few movies here and there. But bottom line is, and I hear there's this thing called locker room talk, but I don't ever care to hear any of it, so you don't have to tell me about it. But I think it's along the same kind of lines, but maybe a little more graphic. But do you understand what I'm saying? So a spirit of competition, especially if you get a spirit of superiority and competition, boy, you could be the best at the best at getting the best jobs the most money, whatever relationship you want. And if you've got this really bad, you don't stop till you win. It can make you so blind to that the person isn't even a prize. Can I get an amen? That they're not what God has for you. You, you, can, even, you can even get hit in the face that this isn't right and you won't stop if you really have this spirit. So that's one of the spirits that's got to come out for God to be in charge of relationships. Amen? You've got to be able to lay everything on the altar and say, Lord, you know. You know. You know if there's someone that you want to bring into my life. You know why? You already know where they are. Don't raise your daughters to be predators and don't raise your sons to be predators. And let me say this, if you've got that in you and you have children, they do not have to be blood relatives. Once you adopt a child, every generational curse in you can go to them. So now they have, they have double jeopardy. Same thing when you get a step-parent involved. Can I hear an Amen. You, you got double jeopardy. You can have a lot of blessings too, but you just have to, just like they can. The reason so many children start to be so much like their parents, even when they're not blood related, 
is because of spiritual law. Amen? And so you won't get it, but if you don't get rid of it, you're actually opening a gigantic door for your kids really messed up dating in the future. Can I get an amen? I didn't know we were going to preach this, but hey, we might not get past all we're supposed to get. We may stay right here on this deception thing for a while. Now, on the other side of entanglements or codependency, especially when we're looking for the best friend or the anything that you think is some kind of prize. Can I tell you, there's one prize. It's the high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's it. And he's big enough for everybody. He doesn't have, he's no respecter of faces. He doesn't choose favorites. We're all made in his image and his likeness. And his idea of who's going to be the greatest is the one who dies to self and serves others. The one who can love others. Really love others. And it's not just I say I love. It's like you lay down your life to help others. And it doesn't have to be. There are plenty of people who are in the ministry who never have laid down anything for anybody. Can I get an amen? And then there's people who've never, ever had a ministry card, license, or anything else who constantly live a life laying down their own selfish things for somebody else. Amen? Amen? The Lord even talks about that in the scriptures when he decides who the goat and the sheep are. And he's not saying, though, the person who had the biggest ministry and had a big food pantry. He says, the people who saw someone hungry and fed them, fed him. The people who knew that somebody needed to be ministered in prison and they went. The person who gave clothes to somebody who needed them. On judgment, that's what he's looking at. Same thing we're talking about. Amen? God is so serious about us getting our children and grandchildren free from generational curses. Amen? And sometimes you got to hear these kind of specific to get the light bulb like, ooh. Can I hear some ooh? Ooh. Amen? You want preaching that makes you go ooh. Because it's a conviction saying, yes, yeah, something was wrong with the way I went after that person. Something's wrong with the way I thought. And, and if you live in this, you don't even know how dysfunctional and wrong it is. Can I get an amen? But when you hear me explain it to make it sound as ugly as it is in the sight of the Lord, does it help you to hate it? Because if you don't hate what he hates, you get to keep it. If you don't hate what God hates, you get to keep it. You can shine it up, make it look pretty. Thank you were the, the nicest person on the planet, did the most, and blah, 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 blah. And your motives were so pure. But if there's the wrong spirit behind it, guess what? It stinketh. Can I get an amen? Okay, on the other side of this entanglement is the person... Who's the prize? Well, they're lucky if they get to marry me. Well, they're lucky if, if they get to spend time with me. If I give them the time of day, aren't they fortunate? 
the whole doctrine of carry, getting somebody to carry your books because you're in ministry stinketh. And it's even taught like that. Well, if you do this and serve them, then God's going to promote you. No, God doesn't promote you. If the Holy Spirit fills you and he calls you and he brings you and adds increase to your influence, that's between you and him. Amen? Now, if you see somebody, whether they're in ministry or not, trying to get 4,000 things in their car and you're just standing there, it would be kind of nice to help. Amen? So God watches that. <laughs> Amen? Amen? It's like, you can't do something to get something. Ooh. You can't do something to get something. You can't do something so somebody promotes you. You can't do something so somebody will uh, marry you. And then take care of you. And help you through all your problems. You just got involved in a bigger problem. Can I get an amen? That's not what any of this is about. We've got to get free. This is what the soap operas teach. This is what the Jezebel Ahab live in. This is a mess. Amen? I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> Y'all can. Our entire culture right now in America is set up on a predator and prize system. And women are giving away their virginity all the time to the predator so they can be the prize. You even have people who actually think that they're so good in perversion and they call it intimacy, that they think they can get any guy they want because, man, they're that good. That is a wrong spirit. It's all over our culture. It's all over some of you. I won't look at anybody. Amen? Can I get an amen? And then you... And you want to get all controlling and try to make sure your sons and your daughters don't act like that? You have no authority till you get free. Amen? Amen? Until you hate what Satan had you do. Until you go back and look at, why did I believe that? Why did I do that? And I know most of you didn't know Christ then. Amen? But everybody doesn't do that even when they don't know Christ. You need to find out what was it that Satan did to set me up in this. Amen? Amen? Our entire way of looking at relationships and marriage in our nation is under such deception. The divorce rate is through the roof, even for Christians. Nowadays, it's not anything for somebody to be married three or more times. I won't get into the whole teaching about what God says. He decides if you're married or not, not you. You could go before lawyers. You could go before judges. You could do all that you want. If his word says you're still married, you're married. 
Can I get an amen? Which means you're in adultery if you marry when God says you're still married. Oh, gosh, people be so happy. How do you get out of that? You actually go deep and repent. You repent for a divorce. You repent for being an adulteress because you didn't repent before the divorce and mean it. Amen? And where he makes you, you go back and apologize for your part. And you quit vilifying other people because God's not asking you to vilify anybody else. He's asking you to deal with you. Can I get an amen? We live in a culture so perverted that now people live together as if they're married so that when they walk away, they feel better about themselves because they didn't divorce. Well, I've, you know, people say, I've never been divorced. Well, good gosh, you lived with, what did Jesus say to that woman? <laughs> well, I said, no, you had five husbands, and the one you're with now, you're not even married to. God's like, God's like, I'm not buying this, okay? God's like, I'm not buying this. Amen? And she goes, oh, I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> Amen? And back in that day, it would take a prophet to see that. Nowadays, <laughs> yeah, Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. They don't change names. It's hard to know. You, nowadays, you, you can identify any way you want. I'm just saying, none of that, it all needs to be under the blood. Amen? But nothing gets under the blood till we go deep enough to see where was I wounded? Where's the generational curse? Where did I get this thinking? Why did I get my self-esteem there? If you got your self-esteem because you could catch the guy you wanted or catch the girl you wanted, if that's where you got your self-esteem, then you're going to have a hard time keeping your kids from major sin in relationships unless you repent or unless God gets a hold of them and they're doing, they're breaking the curse. Amen? How many would like to help your kids out? Help your grandkids out? Wouldn't it be nice to get all this stuff under the blood so they don't have this thing hanging over them and then you're all controlling them and spying on them and watching everything they do and mad at everything that's going on when you're the one who put the demons over them. And plus our culture, plus any other relationships, plus their fathers or their... Do you see what I'm saying? But for, if I want authority, I got to get my part under the blood. Can I get an Amen. We have let sexual sin be like nothing in the church. And now we're reaping that in our culture with these kids. And they don't care about mothering. They don't care about anything. They're so selfish. And they didn't just one day show up like that. Amen? So we got to break the power of the deception about relationships. We have to get free from entanglements. We have to repent. We have to ask God. He is the only one we need. Amen. He is a father to the one without a father. He is the father to the one without a father. He is a husband to the one without a husband, which means I will take care of you. Don't take on a predator thing 
out of fear of being lonely. Don't take on the predator thing out of fear of not having finances met or, or not having a father in the house or whatever it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody get what I'm saying? Because somebody needs to preach this. Amen? There's no condemnation in Christ. Amen? The key is being in Christ. The key is really repenting. The key is looking at your children and not agreeing with their sexual sin as if it's okay. Can I get an amen? But it's also not sitting there blaming and putting a finger pointing at them until you go back and look at you. What were you like before you got married? Don't shout it out. Amen? What did you justify? What did you try to hide? I'm just saying, it's time to get it all under the blood. And if you've gotten it under the blood, you can say, praise God, that's not who I am now. Thank you, God, you've set me free, and you can believe for your children. Amen? Amen? I really believe that if God has you put your child in public school, and you seriously have done what he shows you to put things under the blood, to break generational curses, I believe God can protect your children there. But I believe you had better be doing what he's showing you to do and make the time to do that. Amen? We get people now thinking, you have to have your kid in school by three. Do you not realize that is a communist thinking to let the government raise your children? And the more, the more a child needs to be home and nurtured by their parents or their single mom, the more they push in our government that they need to be in a Head Start program super early to have a chance. How has that worked out? That's been going on, what, 30, 30 30-some years or something? How great has that worked out? Let us take your kids and influence them from the infancy while you go and do whatever you're going to go do. It's time to take all this back for the glory of God. Amen? Honest to goodness, the kids aren't smarter now because they start school at three than they did when they used to not start till six. Amen? I think in this big shaking that's going on, things are going to shake so hard that we will have an opportunity. We may have to change our lifestyles, but we're going to have an opportunity to do some of these things right. Amen? And make the commitment to do it right. Quit serving money. Quit serving your job. Quit blaming and trying to control other people that you have authority in their lives or an influence instead of changing your heart and doing what God wants you to do. Amen? There's only one thing that never fails. What is that? Love. Love never fails. Your control will fail. Your predator spirit will fail. Your, aren't you, aren't you the, the prize? Let me say, don't expect your children to be your prize. Amen? Amen? Don't expect your children to be your prize. It's none of your business. You train them up on the way they should go. 
You love them unconditionally. You pray, you teach them God's word. Amen. And let him bring them into all they're going to be, even if they mess up some along the way. It's not about you. Mm. Here's the big deal. This is good. The way you can know you're not having an entanglement in relationships is it's not about you. It's not about you if your kids graduate um, valedictorian. You say, well, wait a minute. If you didn't, I, I, it doesn't matter. If you do what you're supposed to do, why should you get a pat on the back for that? If they're capable of being valedictorian and they're well-adjusted and they went for it themselves and it's what they want to do, then praise God. But they can actually grow up to be just as happy as an individual being involved in a bunch of different things and not spending all their time doing academics that they might never want to do again once they get out of your house. Amen? He made variety. I won't say any names because I'm being polite these days. But there, there's a young man at our church who's been coming here for years. And in certain areas, he just wasn't good in school. So much so that they asked him to drop out because he was messing up some number the teacher wanted. And the person did it. And when they really saw how ridiculous that was and they really repented of it, God took the gift they have in a certain area and they, are, they were passing license and things that only college graduates and usually people with their masters could pass. God was promoting them into position to make a decent living outside of a institutionalized system that wanted to put you in a box to say you have to do this well. Do you know most of the people who actually do really, really well are usually gifted in one area and they put a lot of their time into that area and they don't try to be good in everything else? And, and that's one way that some of our school system misses it. That's some way some of you parents miss it. If your kid hates something, don't make them hate it more by shoving it down their throat. Can I get an amen? Find out what they love because that's probably what they're really going to do. And help them get by on the stuff they hate. But don't make it about you. Amen? That's part of entanglements and codependency. I did really well in life, okay? And we can't go by me, but I hated math. I still don't get it. I could remember, I'm married to an engineer. He, he lives in numbers. Numbers speak, I don't know how. I wasn't good in foreign languages either. But I graduated summa cum laude from University of Maryland. Because I had enough brain to know how to work around the things I hated and do what I needed to do and memorize what I needed to memorize and to really do what I love to do, what God created me to do, which is to preach, talk, motivate people to love him and now to write. And I guarantee you before I die, by God's grace, I will write at least four or five more books. And I'm not the best writer. I don't need to be the best writer. I need to be who I am and write what he gives me. Amen? But this, this predator and, and prize mentality is, is horrific. 
It's entanglements. They can be different degrees. Amen? Love never fails. Stop and see if what you're doing is in love. Stop and see why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? In every relationship, why are you going after that person? Why do you want that person to notice you? Why do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And you need to get everything under the blood that the answer isn't because that's how Holy Spirit's leading me. Can I get an amen? Is that how Holy Spirit's leading you to raise your children? Is that how Holy Spirit's leading you to, to be an influence in your grandchildren? Is that how Holy Spirit's leading you to be in that relationship, to be in that church? To be, is that how? That's the only question that matters. But if you have entanglements, guess what? You might actually call the devil Holy Spirit. That's getting close to blasphemy, so watch out. Amen? That's why he wants us free. That's why he says the, the thing in the end times that's going to be really difficult is that people are going to be led astray and go into deception. It's going to get so evil that the Bible says that only the elect can even understand some of these things. They'd even be deceived. This is... If it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. In other words, those who are close with God, walking with God, hearing Holy Spirit, the deception is going to get so intense in the last days that if it wasn't for that relationship with Holy Spirit, they would be deceived. How many know the number one thing you should want your child or your grandchildren to have? The number one, no question about it thing that the church doesn't even recognize because covering doctrine absolutely stops it. Covering doctrine stops people connecting to the headship of Jesus Christ. And when you try to take the place of the Holy Spirit in a relationship with a predator spirit, or you want somebody to take God's place in your life because you got the poor me, prize spirit, somebody please pick me, somebody let me be on your team. So I like, just get me out. I hate, I hated sports. I still don't like them. I don't like balls coming at me, hitting me in the head and stuff. I don't like people bigger than me throwing things at me and knocking me down. I, I don't even see the Bible telling me I have to like that stuff. I can run the race because I had to run sometimes to get out of the way of people trying to hurt me. Not in my family, but just in, I, I've seen bullies, you know what I'm saying? I don't care, I don't, I'm so uninterested. But it's okay if it's not an idol in your life and it's just entertainment. I don't get the big deal about somebody running around with, with, with a ball. I don't care if it's a basketball, a baseball, a football, a soccer ball. I just honestly, without any question, cannot see who cares. Now, if you're doing it for exercise so you'll be healthy, then fine. I'd personally rather ride a bike, kayak, or go for a walk or garden. Okay. It doesn't make me less than somebody else. It doesn't make me not a good prize. Because God is the one who's making me in his image and his likeness, not you. I'm not making John into the image and likeness of God. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not doing that in my children. I'm, and for you, 
I just want to give you an example, the best that I know how yielded to Holy Spirit, so you'll want to have a relationship with God. Do you know that's all you can give your kids that matter? Not a great education, that's good if you can afford it. If you, you got to get free from this other stuff so you can have a great relationship with God. So they'll see you have a great relationship with God. And even if they don't want it for a season, it will keep talking to them that that is real. Amen. And so people don't realize these entanglements, these are spirits, okay? So I'm not, I'm trying to open the eyes where you're blind, amen? I'm trying to open the eyes where you're blind. This is going to lead to all kinds of messes in your family. Don't, the mess in your family, you have some responsibility for, amen? But the Bible says, if you train up a child in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. That's what he says. Can we humble ourselves and say, okay, maybe I didn't train them up in the way they should go? Heavens, I tried. I took them to church sometimes. What was the rest of your life life like? How many generational curses did you break? See, if they have to be your prize, and you've got to make them in a way to make you look like a good parent, it's really not about them. It's about a lie in you that you're not a good parent. And let me say this. It may not be a lie. Maybe you're a lousy parent. Some of y'all were lousy parents. There were certain areas where I was a lousy parent for a short time that God convicted me because thank God I got saved and spirit-filled before I had kids. And I've made the things right that I was wrong in my zeal. And I'm watching God turn it all around. I've seen him turn it around. Amen? See, there's no condemnation in Christ. But there's no freedom until you get before God and get free. Amen? I'm not talking about intentions of the heart. Paul talks about when he was persecuting the church, right? But he says it wasn't his intention. He thought he was doing things that were right. Can I get an amen? See, the enemy wants to take people and have them do what they think is right. Some people just do it straight out wrong, okay? And they're pretty easy to find out. It's more difficult when our heart is, I want to do what's right, but it makes a mess. Okay, am I talking to anybody? I, I think I preach it to the wrong group. I'll just go look at the, the video here. We can't see you, but God can. Do you see what I'm saying? The first step to freedom is to seeing things the way God sees them. He's not angry at you where you messed up. Some of you should learn that about your kids. Okay, thank you, Lord. God's not sitting there going, dang, if they don't get this, I'm going to look like a bad parent. I'm going to look like a lousy guy. Don't you remember? Was it, who was it? Moses going, don't wipe them out. What are they going to say about you? You guys say, oh, okay. 
But he wasn't worried about what they were going to say about him when he's going to wipe them out. He was just more impressed that Moses would intercede for them. Does anybody ever think God is wringing his hands and saying, if America doesn't straighten out, I'm going to look like such a bad God? God has no self-esteem issues. And when we have these entanglements, our whole entire life is a self-esteem issue. So we can't really die to self because we're too much trying to keep self afloat or dress self up or actually think self is pretty good. Can I get an amen? You're like, this sounds like where Paul says, oh, woe is me. What do I do? What I don't want to do, I do. And what, what I do, what I do, I don't do. What shall I do? And the answer is give everything to Jesus. Just give it to him. It's okay. It's okay that you have sinned. It's okay that you're messed up. It's okay if you get it under the blood. It's not okay if you don't. And the longer you don't get these issues of relationships, especially under the blood, the more you're going to damage people that you're trying to help. It doesn't mean you're not doing some things right. This is the hard part about teaching like this. I'm not saying you're doing everything wrong. You could actually be very called and anointed by God in some areas and be blind in others. Can I get an amen? So never throw away the things that God has shown you and that you know you've had success with. Just get rid of the attitude that it makes you a better person or them a better person. Amen? Amen? But look at the things that still have issues involved. If you want freedom, God can still set your kids free, your spouse free, anybody else free and connect it to you. But isn't it sad that he's got to come and send somebody in to fix what you're messing up when you're a born-again believer? And, you, and you're able to sit through this kind of teaching? Amen? He loves us. He's cool with the idea that he's supposed to be in charge. Okay, ready? God actually created you in such a way that you were going to totally mess up unless he was Lord. And we've proved him right. Amen? We are living proof that he was right about that. Amen? Amen? We're living proof. Even the ones who think you're the best of the best. Have you not yet seen that you are living proof that without him leading you, you can't do it. You were not created to do it outside of God working in you. Did you bother your mother and get sent over here? Okay, good. Maybe you need to hear all this. Anyhow, do you hear what I'm saying though? Do you hear what I'm saying? Give it to Jesus. He knows how to fix your messes. Why is that so hard for people? Somebody tell me. Do you want me to call you by name? Somebody, why is it so hard to think that God could do this better than you? 
Okay, actually, does everybody come, let's see what we can agree on. Does everybody agree that God in charge of relationships all the way around is better than anything we can do? No, really th stop and think a minute. Hmm, hmm. This is not a hard question, or you need deliverance. You need deliverance from your Messiah, your Savior thinking that you're the Savior. Amen? You know, some people really think they're the Savior because that was put on them by their parents. Oh, if it wasn't for you. Oh, you're such a sweet daughter. I never heard that one. You're such a sweet son. If it wasn't for you, can we stop it? If you are a single mom, you are not the father to your child. Basically, you got a kid who doesn't have a father. So you need to go to God and say, you are the father to the fatherless. This is your job. And then that awesome, powerful father to the fatherless will bring, not you trying, he will bring Godly influences into that person's life. He will bring uh, the relationships that need to be in that life to help that person. He can do amazing things if we would just get out of his way. We, we, the devil's not near the problem as we are. Actually, the devil's not even a problem. He's been completely destroyed. He, his works have been completely destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Completely destroyed. So you are the problem. You go to church where they call you the problem... That's their problem, right? We're, we're the, yeah, blame everybody else to be the problem instead of stopping and actually finding out you're the problem. Here's the good news about you being the problem. You can do something about that. You can do something about that. You can lay your predator spirit down. You can lay your, your um, whatever prize spirit down. You can lay everything in between down. And you can basically say, God, help Help me. Help me. Get this rebellion out of my heart. Get this anger out of my heart. Get this trying to live up to somebody else's expectation. Can I tell you something? Don't try to live up to somebody else's expectation. But see how God sees you. And it's beyond anybody's expectation but it's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. Amen? Just because you're a strong, driven person and it's not by the Holy Spirit because you were driven before you knew him. Can I get an amen? Train's like, amen, somebody listen. If you were driven before Christ, you being driven isn't, Christ, isn't Holy Spirit. Get rid of that thing. Amen? Get rid of that thing. Okay, if you lived in a world that this isn't about Jesus Christ, if you lived in a world where this is like, who's going to make themselves the best? Okay, then great. Go, go ahead and join that crowd. Amen? How, how good do they look right now in our wicked world? Amen? They're gonna, someone going to be shocked when they're on their way to hell. And they, they, they didn't do a single thing to help their children not go to hell. How sad. How sad for the fancy-pantsy, smart, intellectual, got it all together, got lots of money, got the jobs, got this and got that and the other, and then God calls them all up for judgment and they all go to hell at the same time and they never see each other ever again because in hell you're completely isolated. 
It's going to be horrible. Somebody better preach the gospel. How much more awesome when we come up and we know we got our testimonies and we know we messed up places and we know that without God we could have never done this and we know he's changed our hearts and we know he's the greatest thing ever and we know that he loves us unconditionally and he calls us up and we're not afraid at all. And all we can do is look at him and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And our kids say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And our grandkids say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the whole group of us get to be in eternity forever. And, few, and the family say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not going to say well done and good faithful servant to somebody who has a control spirit. He's not going to say well done. Because that's like telling the devil, you did a good job. He's not calling you the devil. He's saying these things that drive you, these things that make you control and try to make everything work, they're spirits. Get rid of them. It's that simple. Hate what he hates. Amen? Really stop and look at your life and relationships. That's the best indicator if you got some of these entanglement issues. Amen? It's the best indicator. By the fruit, you'll know it. We're getting a lot of confirmation tonight. <laughs> the whole building say, okay, get it, everybody's shaking. Does everybody get, open your blind eyes. Those who are watching, some of you should be here. Open your eyes. Everyone in this place anyway who has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and has opened their ears to hear, you have done a lot better than you would have done had you not known God. Amen? So pat yourself on the back. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Don't, don't take away his glory for what he has done. Amen? Now, how will you know? Stop and think of what it would have been like had God not come into your life. Let me tell you. I don't know that John and I would have been married this long. I know my boys probably would not be able to stand me. I probably would have followed in the footprints of some family members that I grew up not being able to stand, that I had judged. I know I would not have a relationship with at least two or three or four of my close relatives. Come on, y'all, it was worse. Some of you, most of you. Come on, amen. See, sometimes you've got to stop and say, well, wait a minute, get off your high horse and look at what things would have been. And then you, you should be thankful to God. I'm so thankful to God. I'm so, I am so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to him. Stop for a second sometimes and think, what was Satan trying? Where was Satan taking my life? Even some of you after we were saved. He does not want us to be overcomers. You cannot be an overcomer till you overcome. What are you overcoming? You. You're overcoming what the devil's done in you. Amen? 
You can't overcome what the devil's done in somebody else. It's not for you to overcome what the devil's done in your spouse. It's not for you to overcome what the devil's done in your pastor. It's not for you to over. It's for. It's not for you to overcome what the devil's done in your parent. It's for you to overcome what the devil's done in you. That's the only way you overcome. That's what makes you an overcomer. Amen. So quit dwelling. <laughs> quit dwelling. On where you missed it. Why? Because you can't change where you missed it by thinking about how you missed it. Can I get an amen? So what do I think on? God's faithful even when I'm not. God's faithful even when I'm God's faithful even when I'm not. Everybody say, God is faithful even when I'm not. I need the blood. I need the blood of Christ. I need the blood of Christ. Don't you need the blood of Christ? Something's wrong with you if you don't know how much you need the blood of Christ. Even at young ages, you need the blood of Christ. The blood that says, Cindy, I'm setting you free. You're forgiven. And I'm going to fix these relationships that the enemy put you in the middle of to hurt them and to hurt you. I'm going to do more than you could ask or think. I'm going to heal, set free, deliver. I'm going to turn this thing around so much that everybody's going to think you are the most saintly, godly person they have ever met. And it won't be fake because I'm going to make you into a godly woman. He's the one who's going to make my sons into godly men, not me. But if I yield to the Holy Spirit, and I did, he'll show me what to do the best that I could. You ought to be so thankful if you have a parent that cares enough what you watch, who you hang out with, what you do, because you have no idea of the traps of the enemy that God is using your parent to keep you from falling into that could completely wreck and change your life in a second. Amen? But we have to be the parents who let God be in charge of that and he get the glory of that. Amen? And recognize he knows how to do that. And it's not about us. Oh my gosh. Could somebody say, it's not about us. Okay, get that. Because when you're in codependent relationships or entanglements, it's always about you. What is this going to look like to everybody? Who cares? What does it look like to God? What does it look like to God? I remember when, when uh, Lauren died, and I was already being called things in churches because I just, I, I want to please God, not people, and I'll do what he shows me. And I said, Lord, you kind of made me look like a Jezebel there with my daughter dying. And I said, I didn't do that. The devil did. <laughs> Good point. Amen. Saints going to do everything he can to make us look bad. But I don't care. Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know who set me free from sorrow and grief. I know who has taken care of me. See, you have to die to these entanglement spirits because they keep you too much alive. 
you get too much credit or you take too much blame. Can I get an amen? amen. See, God is the one who wants to get our youth. The reason I'm doing a retreat and the reason, believe me, taking eight or nine girls to my beach house when I could go all by myself. Oh. And the idea of that many teenage girls. And I was even asked, I woke up the other day almost in a sweat, like, God, what am I going to do? Who's, how can I put them where? How can I keep everybody safe? How can I do this? How can I do that? And the Lord's laughing. He goes, you know your heart is to do this because you know I'm going to get a hold of the girls and the boys in this church. And so I'll take care of it. Y'all don't know the story of my retreat. When I took the youth group before, I didn't have the beach house then. I rented one. And Caleb was there. He was a teen. We, we had... I don't even know how many, it was wild. We had one a duplex and we had girls on one side and guys on the other. And I had a guest, young, cool guest couple coming, having no idea they were going to be teaching false doctrine and making me look bad. And I had a migraine the whole time because of all the witchcraft going on against me. And uh, there was a car wreck with one of the people driving the kids there. Nobody was hurt, but their car was wrecked. And then Caleb actually was got in a riptide and was being taken out to sea while I was in the um, duplex with a migraine. Everybody's screaming. I look out the window. There he goes. I'm crying out to God. All of a sudden, the riptide left, and he came back in, thank God. And, I was, and, it was, and I'd go downstairs, and when the guests, quote, speakers were out of the room, the kids were like, we're so confused. They said this and this, and they said this and this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? And I kind of probably made an inner vow. I would never do another youth group at the beach. So it stuck for a long time, you guys. <laughs> but I break the power of anything happening that's not of the Spirit of God. Amen? And I believe God's going to move. And I'm not going to let them sit there with their little cell phones talking on anything they're not supposed to. I'm collecting every cell phone. I'm collecting every iPad. Every one of those things is going in my hands in five seconds. So if we're escaping uh, strict parenting, you're coming into stricter parenting. Unless you're Lorelei. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to have something so good that we're not going to want our cell phones and we're not going to want our iPads. We're going to want Jesus. Amen. I am not doing this because I don't have anything else to do on a weekend in August at my beach house. I'm actually driving back from Kentucky at six o'clock that morning, coming straight here to pick up kids to go right to the beach house because they're the only days I have open. And I've never driven that far by myself over mountains in my life to a bunch of people I've never met before. I'm thinking, what am I, God, am I crazy? And he goes, no, you're obedient. Amen? And I'm still going, what am I doing? We're starting a youth, teenage, um, pizza party movie once a month right after church on Sunday 
Not because I don't have anything else to do. And yes, I'm doing it. Because I haven't seen anybody raise up in this place who move in the power gifts enough and the love of God enough for these kids and will make the time to want to try to do it. I'm just being honest. But they're worth it. If we don't rescue these kids now and their friends that they bring, the devil's going to eat them up and spit them out. And yes, they can then come to a meeting like this, like some of you did, and be all messed up and have been divorced two or three times and had been, who knows what, taken off in sex crap and watching garbage and cussing and tattoos and piercings. How about we rescue them first? How about we rescue them first? How about we get to them before the enemy gets to them? And how about you parents and grandparents get rid of your codependency so that you can really be led by God so we can do this as a team? Amen? Hate what he hates. Sit and look at the fruit of your relationships. Look at the real fruit of your relationships. Look at where God had to intervene or is intervening. Why did he have to intervene? Why is he intervening? It's not you that rescued them if God intervenes and somebody else rescues them. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? I'm glad that God can use somebody else to intervene and rescue, aren't you? But wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if he doesn't have to do that? Because godly parents are led by Holy Spirit and cry out for God. And I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna tell you what, don't ever let the devil lie to you when you have parents who love God and love you. Love never fails, so you're going to turn out great if you have that. But you can make it easy or you can make it hard on you and them. Amen? It's so important. Karen was talking to me today. I might not go into detail, but she had a really strange dream. But that dream's taken her way, 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 way back to um, really before she got married. And it was a dream that made her feel all these emotions. It was really strange. And she thought all that was dealt with. Can I tell everybody once again, God is shaking everything that can be shaken. Don't freak out when he takes you back to stuff that you thought was under the blood because it was under the blood enough to get you to where you are now to get free. Amen. To get free. Quit, quit acting like you're free before you're free. And don't be shocked when you find out you're not free in every area. Amen? I've been doing this for over 30 years, and I still keep finding out I'm not free in every area. Amen? But I guarantee you I'm freer than I was even yesterday. Amen? This is a process of walking with God and being made holy because he is holy. And that's the only reason I'm walking this walk. I want to be holy because my God is holy. I don't want evil in me. I don't want wickedness in me. If you can help your children not to take the route to let wickedness and evil come in them because the world makes it look cool, that's great. If they choose to take the stupid route then they're going to pay the consequences, but they're still going to come to God, but that's not going to be a fun thing for them. Amen? Amen? You just speak the truth in love. Get free. Get free so you can speak the truth in love. 
Get free so you can do what needs to be done in love. Amen? And God is going deep, deep. I feel like anymore Tuesday nights, we're like in this heavy duty. <laughs> yeah, have you ever, you seen those car washes? And they got scrubbers all over the place. You think they're going to tear your car up? They, they wouldn't let me go through because I have a bike rack on my car. You can't go through with your bike rack. So I just got a little water hose and spray around it when I take it next. But, but you know what? You get in those things, all of a sudden, you know, then it stops. Then foam and rub. Okay? That's the kind of Holy Spirit shower we've entered into at BFA. Other people are barely getting a little back scrub yet. They couldn't handle this kind of shower. Amen? And guess what? When you go inside that kind of car wash, you got to take your hands off the steering wheel. You got to stay there and let that thing scrub and squirt your car and this and that and hope your windows aren't down. Amen? And you're in there, and it sounds like it's tearing your car apart, and this and that, and then the wipe, and then you were dumb enough to ask for the wax thing so that heat gets hotter and the stuff is poured on your car, and all this stuff is happening. You can't do anything. That steering wheel doesn't work. Nothing works. You're on somebody else's track. And then you come out. And it, and it blows everything dry and your windows are clean and you come out and you're like, oh, that was so neat. I count it joy because now my car looks good. Kind of wish I could break something like that inside the car, right? <laughs> wish I'd invent that one. <laughs> Amen? But that's what God does, but he does it on the inside. And guess what, people? If you've been here, you cannot jump this track. You can leave this church, but you're going to still be on that track. You'll just be shaking harder until you get back in his will on how he wants to do this. Amen? Amen? Quit being so freaked out on that God's cleansing us. Well, I thought I was cleansed. Well, how many people have you raised from the dead? How much food have you multiplied? How much prosperity and blessings has really come to you? How many people have been healed for real, not just in your imagination, when you lay hands on them and you go back and they're still healed a month or two later? How many people have you prophesied to in such a way that it changed their life and they remember it years down the road? Most of you could say not much. For me, not enough yet. Amen? Why? Because we need the deep cleanse. Amen? We need the deep cleanse. What happens when we get completely cleansed? We're without spot or blemish. We're going to move in apostolic power and authority. And the de- we are the devil's worst nightmare and God's bride. Amen? And I don't know if y'all all know this, but our radio show for over 26 or 27 years has been called Here Comes the Bride. We've been slow. (laughs) Amen. But we're on that track. How many would love to know that you can walk with God in such a way that you will know that Satan will not take you out with sickness? That he will not come and kill, steal, and destroy anything that belongs to you or pertains to you. For real. 
Well then, stay in the cleansing fire. Amen. The refiner's fire. He talks about it. But no, he's going really deep right now without me trying. This isn't what I was going to preach tonight. Everybody's shocked. Nobody's shocked yet. Do I ever preach what I think I'm going to preach? I have so many messages. I mean, you wouldn't believe how much I've been reading book of Revelations, all these different things. But anyhow, he means this one. He means, he means all of them, amen? But he is telling you, dive deep. Get healed. Take those dreams seriously. Talk to people who can help you see. Not agree with your, that you're so wonderful. Amen. Don't talk to people who are going to say your predator thing is an awesome gift. Don't talk to people who are going to make you think, oh, you're such a prize. Amen. Amen. And, and people sometimes on the predator thing, they don't think they're a prize. They can have such really low self-esteem that that something in that makes them feel better about themselves. Oh, they like me. Oh, they, you know, who cares who likes you? You cannot please God and human beings according to God's word. You have to choose. You have to choose. So what if all your friends think you're different? They're going to think you're different. Do you want to not be di- Don't you want to be different? Don't you think Christ was different? Don't you think believers who are powerful and anointed of God are different than the world? God says so clearly in the scripture, come out of Babylon, come out from the world systems, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Amen. The good thing is when God, we let God heal us and cleanse us, we won't look like a bunch of fanatic, weird people that say we've necessarily come out when actually we were never part of because we didn't feel like we were good enough to be part of the world system. Pins don't sound like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? The church is full of people that nobody's drawn to because they think they're, they're out of Babylon. And the truth is the world never accepted them. So they felt rejected. They felt like they couldn't fit in. They felt hurt. So they ran after the things of God. And some of them got a religious spirit. Some even got a foul spirit. And they think that that's God. God wants you to get healed from that rejection. He wants you to get healed from the enemy purposely telling you you can't fit in. Amen. We have, the church, we have a lot to do. We've got to heal the brokenhearted. We've got to raise up the valleys to a place where they can lay their lives down. We've got to help the mountains see they're not all that they think they are that the enemies deceived them and used their gifts and their talents and whatever, their sexuality, whatever, for his purposes, not God's. And then they've got to bow down before God. Amen? And you got these two things going at the same time. And you got the valleys, yay, when the mountains are being talked to. And you got the mountains going, yay, when the valleys are being talked to. And we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all people made in the image and likeness of God himself that he, that he paid the price 
to deliver us from darkness. It's done. The key is helping everybody see their darkness, whether you're the valley or the mountain. How do you get to see your darkness? Because where you're blind, you can't see. So you need to start asking God. Ask him. Lord, show me me. Show me what the enemy's done in me. Show me anything in me that the enemy put there to cause me to be rejected. Cause me anything in me that the enemy put there to cause me to feel superior. Show me anything in me. I really encourage people because God is doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been trying to get away from this topic for 20 some years. <laughs> if you go back to some of the original teaching, it's on um, inferior and superior. I really encourage you, if you can come up with, a, I don't know what it's, $15 a month and get in the mentorship, or that's a partnership. I think it's 20 for mentorship. Not that there's any difference yet. I think Nicole's coming up with a difference. <laughs> I don't care, amen. We gotta, it's nice to pay bills. And if you think it's free, some of you don't value it at all. Man, some of you, if you're bargain people and you're paying 20 bucks, you're going to listen to at least five hours of teaching a week because you're going to get your 20 bucks worth a month. The thing that's so good about it is right at home, you can go after things that I've been teaching for 25 years or more. And you can tear that thing apart until you see clearly, until you hate what God hates, until you love what he loves, amen? And you can get free. And I'm just telling you, I think it's time for some of you to get serious to go after these things once and for all. And if your first response is, I've already heard that, then why aren't you free yet? And where you are free, you are free. Praise God. Thank God people are free, amen? Amen? But is there anybody in here besides me that knows I want to be freer? Amen? I'm cool with knowing I want to be freer. Young people. There's only one in here, but we're not talking just her. Young people who's going to talk to her friends because she'll be a preacher one day. Young people. Don't take on stuff to make your life harder. You got it made. You, you absolutely got it made. If I could have picked a mom and dad, I'd probably picked yours. Because they love you unconditionally. And they got their own personalities. And they're kind of geeky, but that's okay. You know, it's kind of like watching one of those all-time television shows where everything's like sunshine and, and um, tulips. But you know what? Your mom didn't grow up through sunshine and tulips. She went through some hard things. Your grandmother went through some hard things. Their family went through hard, hard, hard things. Your dad, he went through some really hard things. I mean, you got, they got some messed up stuff that they've all, well, I don't know about his dad, but your, your grandma's all working on. And that these two could come out of all that in love with Jesus, in love with each other, and in love with their three daughters is an amazing testimony to how good our God is. It's amazing. So, so even when you're going through your teenage hormonal goofy stuff, they'll never stop loving you. Just you don't stop loving them. And don't stop loving yourself. And never, ever stop loving Jesus. And you'll get through it all. Because it's a crazy world out there. And we're here to help you. 
you probably know stuff like you wouldn't know if you saw them do this. Well, I'm going to tell you what, there's not a kid in the world who can't say, but you don't know, you didn't see them do this. But I guarantee you with your parents, it's not very much of that. It's probably almost none, almost. You, you've been running around this little church since you were a teeny tiny thing, singing and dancing and worshiping God. I don't, I don't even have one, I don't even have one drop of worry about you. None. But don't let personalities that are stronger than yours influence you. You be the light. You have what they didn't have. You have a grandmother who loves you and loves the Lord. And even through a bunch of mess, she's come out of it. And you got this young mom and dad who got married in front of millions of people at the call that God made your mom the bride that he has his eyes on. I'll tell you the story one day. Amazing story. You got a dad who can play the keyboard and just play and, and never took lessons. Who, who's got this brain that can figure out technical things and make good money to support you guys. That's unbelievable. It's amazing. And all three of y'all are the cutest little girls in the entire world. And you're all hilariously different. We're going to love these kids, you guys. We're going to love these kids. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.